Sentire Media. Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for downloading our podcast from Italy. My name is Jason. Ciao, I'm Ashley. And together we own, operate, live at, and are currently sitting in the kitchen of... La Tavola Marche, Farm Inn and Cooking School in beautiful Piovico, Italia. It is Friday the 13th, a wet, Ooh. chilly morning. I it don't know. is. It is wet and chilly. We have a break in the cold today. We woke up to some rain, um, but it's been cold outside. It's been frozen. Baby, it's cold out. Well, do you want to talk about the weather or what we've been up to? First of all, let's say Buon anno Nuovo. This is the first podcast of 2017. So thanks for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Just wanted to mention that in a radio voice. Um, well, let's, let's turn back the clock. Um, Christmas in Italy went, went lovely. We, uh, did all the Christmas things leading up to it and then took off and went to, uh, around the Bordeaux area into France. Um, we got to do all the fun Christmas stuff. So the Capoletti and the, um, what else did we do? The Christmassy stuff. Tumbola. The Tumbola. That's right. The bingo. A little bingo. Uh, all those fun things that always come along with New Year's and Christmas in Italy. We did we did those here and then before Christmas. Before Christmas. And when we were in France, we did something that Jason's never done before. It was a blast. We made pretty hardcore gingerbread houses. That's right. Didi. Um, Didi and Chris. Yes. Thank you so much for the recipe. Um, they were here towards the end of the season in the autumn, and I don't know how we got talking about uh, gingerbread houses, but I hadn't done a, made a gingerbread house since I was a child. Exactly. And we did it from scratch with, uh, thank you, Martha Stewart. Yep. I make fun of her a lot, but... She's Martha for a reason. She had the incredible idea of using caramel or hard candy to make the uh, for the scene of the like actual construction of the pieces of gingerbread because it's harder than the um the icing the and it blends baby it blends it worked incredibly well you only burned yourself terribly a few times well that's (laughs) working with sugar that's gonna happen but it was really fun i think they came out incredibly good it was a blast um our friend though said it's a hell of a lot of work for something you don't eat yeah if you want to waste uh some money and a bunch of time a lot of time and a little bit of money make some gingerbread houses i could get into it though seriously i think it would be fun in the winter one year to make like a whole village and we just keep baking them off well one thing that i think we need which i won't use very often but uh is a set of really nice tips for uh, pastry bags nice tips tips that's what i said (laughs) we're staying she had a kit and i don't i don't think she's used it probably once um, but it was really nice, and they were all stainless steel and really like heavy. And it's something I should, if I see it, I should grab. And even if I only use it once in a while, because it's nice. I know there was like twenty five of them or something. Every type of shape, and shape, and everything you'd like. It, I loved it. it uh, I just had so much fun. Um, we, <laughs> uh, it was really interesting to see the compare and contrast between a winter, a Christmas in Italy versus a Christmas in France. Now, again, our the our observations are based on w- one or two places in both of those countries. But correct, and staying with expats, and staying with some expats. But um, one thing I did notice is so in France you do a big uh, New Year's Eve dinner. Christmas Eve. Or, I'm sorry, Christmas Eve. Thank you. Whereas in Italy, it's Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and the next day. Um, 
we noticed that um, the f- they it was not a big deal in, in France not to ha- sit at the table together. That it was more they would bring courses out, but it would be like they would bring the cheese board out with all the cheeses, and everyone would nibble on cheese for a half hour and keep on drinking champagne or wine or whatever. Um, but uh, plate in hand, walking about the room, sit down. There were, of course, tables, but everyone wasn't seated. It wasn't a proper... No, it was just funny because then I saw pictures of Pubacase and they want to all be sitting together in one long table. It doesn't matter if it's plastic, silverware, and plates, and but they all want to be one big, long table, tight, packed in, and sitting And for the meal sure. is the meal. Like, it comes, you know, you're sitting there and you're having the meal where in France, it seemed, France, <laughs> France, it seemed like, um... It what it was a loose meal. Like there was a bunch mm-hmm. of canapes and a bunch of stuff at the beginning, and then there was more like three or four little starter things that you can make a little plate of, and then there was a main dish. But it wasn't a sit down meal. At yeah. least where we went. Mm-hmm. It was delicious though. Sometimes it's nice having French food. Oh man, the pate de foie gras was serious. Yes. Uh, foie gras is delicious. Um, <laughs> The cheeses are good. Okay, yes. the cheeses are very, very good, but different, right? So when we were on our way home, I, I still said I miss my pecorinos. I know, and I have to say, the Parmigiano Reggiano that we sent stole the freaking show on the table for uh, Christmas Eve dinner. Everyone was like, "Whoa!" It was a good. It was a, it was cool to have that there. Um, oysters were everywhere. everywhere. It was insane. I now I know we were in a region area that's known for their oysters and that's where they come from but the price and the quality and there's selection and variety like just they were giving them away it was we even went to the coast one day and had oysters and that was so delicious because it's always better when you don't have to shuck them always better when you don't have to shuck them (laughs) absolutely um other things that I noticed that was different, um, gifts. So um, Italy for uh, gifts for around the holidays are usually nice wine, uh, prosciuttos, cheeses, all that kind of stuff. Um, in France, it was really – and it makes total sense now that you think about it, but big baskets of tropical fruits um, like mangoes and papayas and kumquats and like mm-hmm. all these crazy tropical fruits in every grocery store and every market had – a huge section of crazy tropical fruits, and it's of of course the French settled parts of the Caribbean and other tropical places in North Africa. And but so it was interesting to see. It was definitely interesting. Um, to see. Something else very different. Hello, it took so long for the sun to come up. Oh what? my god! It, it so was. It, it really, <laughs> made, it really freaked us out because the sun would stay up. It would get darker a little bit later, but the, we didn't see sunshine till after eight. And we don't. We're morning people. Mm-hmm. I am up. So it was like waiting around for why is it still dark outside? I know. The day we drove back to the airport, we left at like six in the morning, way earlier than we needed to. And it did not get light for so late. It was just like, oh my gosh, we're still on the road. It's going on eight o'clock. Where the hell is the sun? Um, I was going to say, shoot, now I'm forgetting. I don't remember either. Oh, okay. Um, I prefer Prosecco over Champagne. True. Very much so. Even good Champagne. I mean, good Champagne is good, but. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Yes. Sorry. The French, French versus Italian. French are a lot more vocal on 
um, you've been living here a year. You should know our language. Where bit. the Italians, I've never had them say anything like that. Like they seem just thrilled you're trying. Um, the French, it seemed like, oh, this is your fourth trip back. Oh, I do not yes, know. Yes, we went back to Limoges again, and um, and we went out to dinner with a family, uh, a family we've become friends with, and. They were joking, like, it, it was joked upon, but it was kind of serious in the same sense. Like, okay, you've been here four times. You need to, and it's, I, it is true. We need to start learning to speak French. And it is, it's true. But yeah, the Italians don't say that at all. Mm-mm. I just thought that was a little interesting too. And always, oh my God, we say it every freaking time. You can't leave Italy and find a good cup of coffee. No, but you can't come back to Italy and find a decent pastry or pe- piece of bread no we did plow through four pastries within six minutes i had to get the rental car vacuumed out because we made such a mess with the confetti cornflake confetti or yeah uh croissant confetti oh my god it was so good but back home um it's nice to be back we came back at the um the toughest time of the year while we were gone the old god oh my god gaji our our uh, our adopted papa from around here he is the uh hunting season went out with a fizzle so he was over here he (laughs) i started to prune everything the shrubs and the trees before we left and you know i didn't do it all but i got a great jump start and uh he went back behind and Fix some things he thought needed to be uh, adjusted, but they were just fine. Whatever. If you want to go and back and prune more stuff, prune more. It was but, hysterical. Oh, but he also left his piles. That's he what said, I was going to say. Okay. He doesn't clean up. He just leaves his piles sitting there. So I asked him. He goes, yeah, that, I don't do the piles. I don't do the piles. I don't, I don't take away. That's work. Um, and he burned all of the hillsides. Which we do in the winter, but it just cracked me up because he, man, he came by numerous times and he was like, yeah, every time I'd pass, I'd start another fire. And I just thought, oh my God, he's just, he, he's just so funny. Uh, we might have, we guess not got the memo this week because driving around for the last three, three or four days since we've been home, it is time to burn. Everyone's, Everyone's burning. Been burning. I don't know if it, it was cold and clear and, and, and light winds the other day. I don't know if it's perfect burning. It's time to burn, but wherever we drove, there was there was fires a burning. Um, speaking of uh, fires a burning, we have been burning ours, Whew. and uh, the moving of wood to stay warm continues. Uh, so it's time for sausages and salamis. Wait, what- we need more wood. Yeah, we need more wood. I think we got gypped this year. Shit. Um, I don't want to say. I don't want to say. Uh, you don't have to name names. We're not naming names, but I order the same amount of wood every year, and it lasts usually roughly the same amount of time, give or takes. So if it's a colder winter, maybe maybe I have to order some in the early spring. Um, but for the most part, what I order should get us through the tough part of the winter. Well, this year, here it is in January. We were just gone for a chunk of time. Um, I'm running low on. I'm scared that we're running low on wood. So. There's when you buy wood in Italy, it's not by volume, it's by weight. So they weigh the truck before they fill up the truck and they bring it back with the do, do, and you pay the difference. So, shoot, I don't know. I didn't. I can't say anything. It's a tiny little town, but I'm having to order wood, and I'm trying to figure out how do I go about saying it's interesting that this is the first year in ten that I had to order more than I normally do, huh? Yes. You're now gonna... it could have been. He could. Now the wood was wet this year. It it was wet, which is what sucks too. I'm not happy about that. Yeah, that's a double. That's not a great excuse. No, well, it weighs more if it's true. Wet, but 
We'll see. I, I got I to gotta figure out how to do this and not be an American about it and just come out and say, well, dude, dude, was that you sure this was the correct way? Because <laughs> it's looking, you know, you can't do that. So I have to be very, I have to try to finesse, go, go around about the way of saying it. We'll see. I'll give you guys an update. But uh, salamis, the only good part of these next two months, the toughest months in Italy, um, are the January and February just because weather and nothing fun's going on. Uh, you have Carnival coming up, but that's not for a, a minute or so. Is sausages and salami making. So we do, 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 do. we started um, as soon as we landed. Um, we On the <laughs> drive home, we called Gaji and asked, hey, what's going on? How's everything? How's the weather? Blah, blah, blah. His first words were, uh, when are we going to start making salamis? Because it's time sensitive because we, need, we dry it naturally but, and we need the cooler weather, the cold weather. So uh, we made our first 50 kilos of salami. Without any sort of curing salts or things like that? No, the old-fashioned way, just salt, pepper, and some white wine, the um, budeli, the uh, casings, and some thyme, and the right temperature and humidity. And... Um, we will make another 50 of sausages for dried sausages coming up this weekend because we're going to get some snow and it doesn't look like much is going to go on. So it's a good time to make it. And then – so that's 100. And then I'll probably make a little bit more salamis. I would probably make another 20 or 25 because salamis seem to go a little quicker and it's a good gift. Mm-hmm. I know. We have to be careful. This is a good time because it's so cold. When we came home from being out of town um, and we called Gaji – and our uh, neighbor, Carolyn and Luke, everyone told us, do not go home. It's too cold. Our f- so here's the deal. We live about two and a half hours from Bologna. And coming home in the winter and landing at like 435 sounds like, oh, that's not so bad. Sure, it'll be dark when you get home. But, oh, all right. It's not late. No, but it's cold. Cold as shit. So we haven't been home in like 20 days or something, and the house was frozen. The road was frozen. This was the first time when we ever called coming home that Gaji said, do not go home. He said, find a, find a room. So we stayed in Fano for the night, gorged ourselves on a huge fish dinner at La Quinta, and then uh, promptly woke up. At about 4.35 in the morning, Jason was, was, was ready, ready to go. To go home. I'm ready to go home, see our cats. I wanted to see the cats. So um, Ashley, Ashley told me to relax, and maybe by 6.30 we were, we were walking out the door with our bags. But, exactly. Um, pipes frozen, totally exactly. solid. Um, also the road. So the, there, wasn't a t- there was some snow, but um, it was that it melted on the road or that the road didn't get sun and that it just became ice. And we say with the road, we mean from when you turn off the main paved road to Via Candeliano, our dirt road. Yeah. And exactly what Jason was saying, the pipes were frozen, so it took some good work. Uh, we used a blowtorch on the pipes to try to on the plastic well, pipes to try to get it. We have a we have, from the from the um, spring up in the uh, which is about a couple hundred meters up behind the house. There's a cistern, um, a concrete cistern that where the water runs into and then can flow constantly. And from that is the pump that pumps it up. Well, out of the cistern, there's maybe two meters of, of pipe that come out of the cistern and then go down and then go underground. Well, when we first arrived, that was not insulated at all. So it would freeze <laughs> every day. Even if it was – you'd be like, oh, it's not that cold out today. Oh, no, frozen pipes because it's down lower towards the river. 
Um, so we fixed that with just some really cheap insulation and, and some uh, duct tape and that kind of stuff. Well, over the years, it's been a while now, that the sun and the weather has just disintegrated it. And what happened was uh, the water uh, came coming over. Water got in between the insulation and f- made ice now between the insulation and the pipe, freezing the pipe and uh, solid, really good. And so, now like insulating the ice. Yeah, so now we're insulating ice. So... It was, okay, that's what happened. So we went down there with some little propane torches and very carefully, because everything's, everything's um, plastic, <laughs> just thick, thick plastic, um, started to defrost everything. And then Ashley, big brain on Ashley. I said, well, I said this early on, too. I said, well, you said it when it was chunks, like it was just solidly. True, but I was like, ice. why don't we just go get the hot water pot <laughs> and boil some hot water? And because we had bottles of water and I'll pour it into the pipe. And he was just like, oh, God. About two hours later, he's like, well, tell me more about this hot water idea. <laughs> so we got we, – we boiled pots of wa- – big pots of water in the kettle and with the funnel poured it – after we got it like freed from the Yeah, we had to get it that done first. <laughs> um, and started slowly pouring boiling water down there and you could just hear it <laughs> as it went down the tubes and – Huge chunks of ice p- popping out through the tube. Yeah. So it's never a dull moment. Oh my gosh. Speaking of that, our poor neighbors caught their house on fire. Should we tell this story really quick? Go ahead. So gosh, it's dangerous sometimes. (laughs) Just be aware. They, um, had family in town. So they pulled out an old and it was been so cold and they pulled out an old, um, electric blanket, put it on the bed, hanging out for dinner and stuff, went to go down, smelled smoke. Oh my gosh. Sure enough. It had caught the bed on fire and was smoldering. So they put out the fire, put the bed outside. Well, not fire, he said. It was yeah, more kind like, of just a smoldering. It, it, it made like a burn mark and it was smoldering. Yeah, and they put the bed outside. But they put the bed up against the side of the house. And the freaking thing caught fire in the middle of the night from the wind, caught the door on fire, caught the side of the house on fire. Tons of smoke damage. Oh, my God. Which is hysterical because where we live, we're just surrounded by fields. And that's what our neighbor said. That not – the thing that makes him most upset was how stupid in retrospect it is that just throw it in the front of the yard. Throw it anywhere. He was like, I could have put it anywhere. Why did I put it against the side of the house? I could have just thrown it a few feet that way and it would have been fine. So it is scary. You kind of have to think and when you – and um it does. It gets dangerous at this time of year. Well, any time of year, but we're far away from services. The nearest um, fire brigade, fire department, is in Kali, which is forty minutes away. Yeah, easy. Um, there you go. So it really is never dull, whether it's the frozen pipes or the burning bed. Um, <laughs> God, country living keeps you on your toes. That's for sure. So uh, January and February, I keep saying it because it's true. These are the two months you have to survive through in Italy. Italy is awesome in, I would say, nine, ten months a year. Would you agree? Yes. When the sun is shining, it's awesome. In in awesome spring is beautiful in italy uh, autumn is my favorite time of year it's gorgeous um up until christmas once bafana comes the epiphany and and sex of january it's tough shutters stay closed and not a lot going not a lot going piazzas, on piazzas 
quiet, quiet, quiet. So um, we're going to try not to be get fat this uh, this winter. No. And the weather report. Ooh. Um, they keep changing it. And I'm super excited because I hope it is right. But Sunday, um, today's Friday. Tomorrow's supposed to be sunny. And then Sunday, it's supposed to start snowing for like six days straight. Oh, can't wait. Oh my gosh. So I've been really concerned about the food and the shopping and making sure we have enough rations. And Jason... It's hysterical because we just <laughs> got done on, as we're driving home from the airport being like, listen, let's just not do it this year. Let's not be fat. Let's not... Because what happens is it gets cold. You don't really leave the house that much. And there's... I don't know. We just cook. Like, I cook. Jason's a, a board cook. I'm a board eater. So it's a great combo. So we're having this conversation not 24 hours before. And then we're sitting here the next day going, oh, man, the, the snow's coming. And Ashley looks at me and goes, so what are you cooking? What I was like, we need to make a menu, a five-day menu uh, and lay in supplies. It's two of us. <laughs> I just want to be prepared. Oh, we'll be prepared. Um, other things coming up this week, and I wish we had things to... Snow. Snow. Yeah, not much coming up this week. We'll keep it short and sweet. How's that? Yes, when we were in France, uh, Jason was flying, so and I was filming, so I've got a bunch of editing to do. Jason's working on a new project and learning how to do social media. Oh, man. If 16-year-old girls can do it, so can I. I've, I'm, do, I'm, I'm doing the Facebook and the Instagram. I'm an Instagrammer. For flying in France. Yep. So uh, my flight instructor, he's a great guy, and um, like me, he's not really into promoting on social media so ashley of course never shuts up about it so um um i i need to learn how to do it because i need to take over certain things for uh for us and let ashley go do other things that can be much more um, useful of her time and i just need to learn how to use a computer so flying in france on instagram at uh no at flying in france and then at flying in france on facebook Flying France one one yeah, so check it out. Um, really cool. And if you want to get, if you're looking to get your pilot's license, check it out. Flyinginfrance.com. There you go. <laughs> In Limoges, France, with Roger Sprague. I know. I just think it's funny because now he's getting into hashtags and stuff. So tell me about these hashtags. <laughs> All right, very good. Wrap it up. Bring us home. Oh my gosh. So I um thank you guys for listening. Happy New Year. We hope you had a wonderful holiday. It's good to be home and um we'll try to do another podcast soon. Oh my gosh, I forgot to tell a story about losing my GoPro. Yeah, next time. All right, remind me. Um send us questions. We'll try to keep the podcasts going strong over the winter since now we're home. Um and yeah, you can follow us on La Tavola Marche, L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E. Uh, you can check out our website for our farm in and cooking school at latavolamarque.com. Shoot us an email, info at latavolamarque.com. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at, you know what it is, latavolamarque. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram at Ashley Bartner. Thanks for listening. All right, guys, until next time, we'll do it again soon. No guarantees of when, but stay warm, and thank you so much. Ciao, ciao. Sentire Media.
Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Centiri Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com. That's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com and find out how to submit your show.